Anything Ghost, episode number 304. My grandson came running downstairs after playing and was absolutely terrified. He ran to my mom and grabbed her legs and said that he was scared. She asked him why he was scared. He said he was afraid of the green man. My mom asked him, what green man? He told her, a green man that is in the blue room. He's under the bed. My mom completely freaked out. She took his hand and fearful of going into the room, walked up and looked in. She told her grandson, I don't see any green man anywhere. He said, Grandma, don't you see him? He's right there. Welcome to Anything Ghost. My name is Lex Wall. Anything Ghost is a place where people share their personal experiences with ghosts or local ghost legends, if you have those. If you have one to share, send it to Lex at anythingghost.com. L-E-X at anythingghost.com. We're celebrating the 4th of July in the United States of America, and as a result, you're going to have some creepy stories following you around as you make your way this holiday and one of those stories involves the 4th of July. It's from the Anything Ghost Archive. A lot of you have heard it before, but some of you haven't. So stick around for show number 304. And the first story we have is from Bella in the U.S. The Stranger That Follows. My story starts when I was very young. It was at the time of my childhood when I lived with my mom in a small town in North Carolina. We lived in a small neighborhood, and most of the people were older. And so being only one out of three kids in the neighborhood, I was pretty imaginative. However, when night fell, the bright, happy atmosphere changed and I always found it creepy. My room was right by the kitchen, so I could hear if someone came in or if someone was walking around. At night, I would be in bed, and I would often hear dishes or someone in the kitchen. Thinking it was my mom, I would get out of bed to see what she was doing. But she would never be in the kitchen. As I got older, these strange things continued, and it got to the point that I started hearing my name being called. I would ask my mother if she was calling me, and she told me she wasn't. It was just my mom and I at the house at that time, so whenever I heard a voice like my name being called, it would freak me out. My mother passed away when I was 15, so after I graduated high school, I moved in with some cousins down in Florida. For the first few months I lived in that house, the back porch light began to turn on of its own accord. I'm beginning to think I have carried something with me from my mother's house to this place. It certainly feels like 
I have something following me. And yes, we've heard that on Anything Ghost from time to time. A ghost not being just at one home, but following this person around. And it's been used in movies a lot. Um, for example, I guess she could have been dealing with a poltergeist situation. Or it could have maybe been a haunted thing. She has a piece of furniture she brought with her, something like that. But thanks for the story, Bella. The next story we have is from Edwina in Sydney, Australia. A letter from my father and one from my mother. My father recently died after a three-year-long battle with lung cancer. After his death, I asked him out loud for any sign that he was okay. When I walked over to grab my glass of wine that I had placed on the floor, a breeze blew down an old letter he had written me. It was weird because all my old photos and letters were boxed up in storage and I had not opened them for months. The letter sailed down out of nowhere and landed at my feet in front of my glass of wine. The first thing I read after picking it up and unfolding it was, Hi Edie, how are you? I am fine. My mother passed away when I was six years old from an epileptic seizure resulting in heart failure. She was only 47. I've always thought of her as my guardian angel and felt her presence throughout my childhood, teenage years, and now adulthood. When I was in my 30s, I was going through a tough time, making some bad life choices and doing some pretty self-destructive stuff. So I decided to seek help with a spiritual guide who was referred to me through a friend. His name was Jacob, and he could channel spirits. He would call them his guides, so throughout the reading he would pass on what his guides were telling him to pass on to me. Anyway, on one of our meetings, we were discussing something based on my issues at the time, and whilst I was talking, I noticed he distractingly started looking off to the corner, then to his notepad, then back to his notepad, like he was half listening to me. After a moment, he stopped writing and turned the piece of paper around and asked, Does this mean anything to you? I looked at what was just random gibberish, like circles and weird symbols. It didn't make any sense. So I said, No, sorry. And we both laughed. We thought nothing of it and went on to the next part of the reading. After every reading, he would leave me what he had written down from the session. A few months passed, and I had just moved into a new apartment in Sydney. My sister came over to see my apartment. She brought a few knickknacks and boxes of photos and things she thought I might like to have, including some short stories that my mother had written. After a while, she left and I opened the box and reminisced over a few photos. Then I came to the notepad with my mother's stories and poems. They were so beautiful and sweet. I turned the pages, getting quite emotional at my mother's handwritings, imagining her sitting there writing those beautiful words. I flicked over a few pages and then noticed some weird-looking symbols that I knew I had seen before. Yes, it was what Jacob had been writing that day on his scratch pad. 
I put my hand in the first box of papers next to me, hoping I would still have that piece of paper to compare to it. And it was the first piece of paper I put my hand on and pulled out of the box. I laughed out loud. Well, of course it would be the first piece of paper in the first box of so many boxes in my apartment, boxes that I hadn't even started unpacking. Without even looking at it, I knew it was from her. My mother had been writing in shorthand, and that's the symbols that Jacob, the healer, had been sent on our reading. I pulled out my computer, and I immediately posted it looking for someone who could translate it because I didn't know shorthand. I had some feedback saying that it was definitely shorthand, but because the symbols would have to be exact, it's very hard to translate. Because Jacob was getting it through channeling, Obviously, it couldn't be exact, so unfortunately, I will never know what it said. All I know is that my mother wanted to give me some comfort through the tough time I was going through, and I'm so sad that I will never know what she wanted to say. Thanks, Lex. Been a fan for ten years now. And Edwina had sent the first story about her father before last episode, number 303. But I somehow missed it. And she wrote back and said that she thought maybe it was because she mentioned wine in the story. And that's why I didn't read it. So she changed that to coffee. But no, wine is just fine. So I added it back in. And I'm glad we got your stories shared this time around. Thanks for sending them in. Next story is from Heather in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The Green-Headed Man. I've been listening to your podcast now for over 10 years, and I've actually sent in a few stories in the past. Here's my latest. My parents' house that they had in Indiana was not old by any means. It was built in the 1980s. I moved out to get married in 2011 and only lived in the house for a few months until my wedding. I live out of state now, but when I did go to visit them, I always had the weirdest experiences in the upstairs bedroom. The room was a converted attic space above the garage. The downstairs, I never felt anything, but as soon as I started going up the stairs to the second story, there was a feeling like someone was watching me or standing right behind me. When I would go to bed at night, as soon as the light was turned out, I had the feeling that something was right beside the bed just staring at me. It was so overwhelming, I would turn on the light right away. Even though it helped leaving the light on, as soon as I closed my eyes, I felt someone standing there again. One night after I fell asleep, I awoke to a noise. It sounded like boxes were being moved in the closet that was right next to my bed. All night long it sounded like heavy boxes were being pushed back and forth across the floor. It kept me awake most of the night. The next morning I told my parents and they said it was probably mice. I told them it couldn't have been mice because it sounded like boxes were being physically moved, pushed across the floor. 
My mom believed me, but my dad just brushed it off. As a result of that, I started sleeping with the sound machine. It seemed to help, but I still couldn't get rid of that feeling of being watched. I live in South Carolina now, and my mom texted me that she needed to talk to me as soon as possible. I was worried, and she called me and said that something so weird had happened. Her grandson, who was five, was over at their house. He loved playing upstairs in another guest bedroom. They called it the Blue Room. It was filled with antiques, and the bed itself was pre-Civil War era. I used to sleep in it as a kid, and even the dresser drawers and vanity are from that same period. Her grandson came running downstairs after playing and was absolutely terrified. He ran to my mom and grabbed her legs and said that he was scared. She asked him why he was scared. He said he was afraid of the green man. My mom asked him, what green man? He told her, a green man that is in the blue room. He's under the bed. My mom completely freaked out. She took his hand and fearful of going into the room, walked up and looked in. She told her grandson, I don't see any green man anywhere. He said, Grandma, don't you see him? He's right there. Looking around, she asked him how tall he was. He told her he was pretty much the same height as him, but he had a green head. He added that as soon as my mom went into the room, the green man dashed under the bed. He then proceeded to get on his hands and knees and said, Grandma, don't you see him? He's right here, looking at me. My mom completely freaked out and refused to look under the bed. She didn't see anything, but my nephew was shaking and he was so scared. He never went in that room again without my mom with him. We could never figure out why the man was green. I've been trying to do research and just nothing really comes up. My nephew said the green man was his height and was looking him right in the eyes. That ordeal scared my mom so bad. I told her, Mom, do you now believe me when I was saying that your upstairs is haunted? My brother and his wife and kids were at the house visiting. And while my mom and brother were standing in the blue room talking, his wife came into the blue room. After a little while, his wife turned to my mom and said, You do know your house is haunted, right? My mom's jaw dropped. My sister-in-law doesn't see ghosts, but she said she can sense them and told my mom she could feel something watching her there. A little background on the house is very strange. It's a replica of a colonial-style house. The original owner built it and customized it for his wife. Just after they built the house, his wife was diagnosed with cancer and passed away. He then sold the house after his wife died and the next couple bought it. The second family that bought it ended up selling it to my parents due to the second owner's wife also being diagnosed with cancer and they were moving to Chicago for his job, but also for the doctors.
My parents were informed a few years later that the second family wife died. When my parents bought it, they had lived there about 11 years, and about seven years after that, my dad was informed he had a rare form of cancer. But the doctors were able to do a life-saving surgery, and he has been cancer-free since. My parents sold the house about seven months ago due to them wanting to downsize. My mom said she doesn't feel anything in their new house, but they are waiting for me to come visit their new home to see if I feel anything or see anything. And hopefully we can get Heather to write in later and find out if there's anything that followed her or her mother to their new house. And thanks for the story, Heather. Here now is a story from Mike in Northeast Ohio. Henrietta, the ghost. Hi Lex and Anything Ghost listeners, my name is Mike. I've been listening over 10 years now. This experience took place at my current home in Northeast Ohio. Both my sister and me had job opportunities that came up here in Ohio, so we made the move from Phoenix, Arizona to Northeast Ohio. We ended up getting a rental house where we now both live. The house was built in 1917. My sister and me are a bit sensitive to the paranormal, and we felt a presence when we moved in. Both of our cats felt it too. They would stare at one spot and not move. About a week after moving in, we thought the presence felt like an older lady, like a grandma type, and we gave her the name Henrietta. After a while, I told Henrietta, You know, this may have been your home at some point, but we live here now. All we ask is you don't destroy anything, and please don't scare the cats. The upstairs is off limits to you. So far over the past year and a half, she has been very nice and pleasant to live with. Even the cats like her. I have seen the cat toys move across the room on their own accord, and cats would often chase them. I think Henrietta's having fun playing with the cats. One day I called out of work because I wasn't feeling well. I was in the kitchen making some tea. I felt a hand gently rubbing my back, and I heard a whisper voice say, It's okay, honey. You need to rest and feel better. I felt completely at ease. Henrietta, I believe, is, or was, a comforting grandma. She gives that vibe. Thank you, Mike, in Northeast Ohio. We've had a lot of stories about pets and animals on Anything Ghost over the decades. (laughs) Decade and a half, maybe. And, um, yeah, like in this one, it's more... The, the cats saw the ghosts or knew the ghost was there and they kept staring in a certain spot. I've heard that one before. A lot of people have dogs that act weird around ghosts. But most of the stories that come in are spirits of previous dogs and cats that people have had. Next up to bat is a story from John in New Jersey. 
time slips and premonitions in New Jersey. This story happened to my grandmother in the early 1970s in the small township of Manchester, New Jersey. My father was a toddler at the time. For those who don't know, Manchester's only real claim to fame or infamy was that the Hindenburg airship disaster occurred at the Naval Air Station in 1937, killing 35 people. But back to the 1970s. At that time, visitors were able to go on military bases as a civilian, and so my grandmother took her young son, my father, one day. He was just learning to speak clear sentences. He looked around when they got to the hangar bay and kept asking why everyone there was wearing black clothes and had clunky black shoes. He said there were big black cars around, too. But there were no big black cars there, and very few people fit that description. It seemed like my father had experienced a slip in time, and he was seeing people that had worked there many years ago, perhaps in the 1930s, when people still drove black cars and wore suits everywhere. My grandmother had a lot of unusual experiences of her own. Once, as a young child in the 1940s, she peeked out the window of her little family home on a dark winter night. Snow had just fallen, and it was very cold. She saw the face of an old woman that she could only describe as a witch looking in at her. She cried for help, and her parents checked outside. But there were no footsteps in the fresh snow anywhere. At another time, as a teenager, she and some friends went snooping around an empty house that had a piano left in it. They heard the piano playing a beautiful melody by itself in the house, one that she had never heard before or since. It wasn't a player piano, either, so there were no explanations for how it was being played. They didn't stay around long enough to see anything else, because they were so scared. My grandmother also had many premonitions, as well as intuitions, over the years. Sometimes they were positive, such as a friend's pregnancy, or warned of accidents or deaths in her community. She was a young mother at the time, and was living in a trailer home. That was in the early 70s. Her husband was out at work, and she was taking care of my father, who was still a baby. She got an unusual feeling while she was doing housework. And so she went to the door to lock it. Only a minute or so later, there was a knock at the door. She peeked out and saw there was a man there. She said she couldn't explain it, except that she felt an immense evil emanating from him, as if she had looked into the face of the devil himself. The man gave some explanation as to who he was, a salesman. But she was in a small town and knew everyone there, and she had never seen him before. He tried to convince her to unlock the door for some time, getting more and more persistent as time went on, but she refused. He became angry and frightening, and eventually he left. 
but that was only after she told him that her husband would be returning from work very soon, which was a lie. The biggest premonition my grandmother had, and I'll save the others for another day, was a dream that came to her about the death of her husband. He was out driving in the very early hours of the morning, as he often did, for a hunting trip. She woke up with a start and knew that he had just died in a car crash into a tree. Sure enough, the police came and knocked on her door by the morning and explained what she already knew to be true. As far as the police could estimate, he had died the very same hour that she woke up from the dream. That's all I have for now. Thanks, Lex. Take care. And thank you, John, in New Jersey. And we'll look forward to your other stories that perhaps your grandmother shared with you about premonitions that she had. And before I play the last story that is from the Anything Ghost Archive, I want to tell you about the Anything Ghost VIP group real quick. Anything Ghost has been around since 2006, January of 2006. So that means there's a huge library of ghost stories at your disposal. But you have to join the Anything Ghost VIP group. To do that, there's a one-time membership fee. And then you'll have complete access to the archive. Check it out, the Anything Ghost VIP group. Go to www.anythingghost.com. Join VIP. And if you do sign up, be sure to check your spam mailbox in case my emails show up there regarding your membership. And that's a call out to Catherine M., who paid the membership fee but hasn't registered. I'm guessing my mail is in her spam box. Okay, so let's continue with Anything Ghost Show number 304. And as I said, this is a story from the archive. It was, I think, 2016 is when it first appeared. And it was a popular story when it came out. And it was from Jay in Florida. And the story took place on the 4th of July. It's called The Loop. Okay, so this is the um, telling of an event that happened to me when I was 13 years old. And if anyone has any knowledge on the subject and can even begin to explain what happened to me, I would greatly appreciate it. So when I was much younger, a lot of the time I would, on the weekends, I would be home alone. My younger sibling would usually be staying at night with one of his friends or one of our cousins. And my mother and father, they would usually be uh, partying next door with the neighbors. They were very social. So one weekend in particular, I was playing some Sega Genesis, and I decided, you know what, I'm finna get in the shower. So while I'm in the shower, everything seems to be going pretty smoothly, when all of a sudden, the shower curtain just jerks back. And I'm standing face to face with a strange man that I don't know, I just, I don't know him at all. Involuntarily, my body kind of jerks in the direction of what's going on, and I slip and I fall. When I slip and I fell, the back of my head hit the back of the tub and I wince because it, it hurt pretty bad. After I recovered from wincing, I looked toward the man to see if he was still there and um, he was gone. Not a trace of him in sight. 
So I sat there for a couple of seconds, kind of froze. And I jumped up out of the tub and I ran toward the bathroom door and I locked it. My heart's pounding, I'm breathing hard, I'm scared, I'm shaking. And I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do next because the the bathroom door is pretty flimsy. It's not as if it's like a front door or a back door. It can be easily kicked in. I mean, it's just not a lot between me and him I'm thinking at a time. So I figured that I had to figure something out. I couldn't just stay in the bathroom because it... In my mind, it would be easy for him to, to to get me. I don't know if he, like I said, I don't know if he's there to rob the place or kill me or what. So I get dressed, and I decide that the best course of action would be for me to make a beeline straight for the door, for the front door, which is about roughly 20 feet away from the bathroom. I figured that I could make it. I mean, I was a pretty swift child. I played sports and things. I figured, you know, I was confident that I could make it. So now I'm, I'm going to do this, and I make a beeline toward the door, which was which was kind of risky because we don't we didn't keep a lot of lights on in the house, only the lights that we needed, and the light over the top of the stove. So it was kind of dim, but it was dark in the house. Anyway, so I make the beeline toward the door, and I get to the door, and I'm out. Run across the street to the neighbor's house. And I begin to, you know, I, I run straight through the door. I don't knock on it. I just go straight through the door and I run to my mom. I'm, I'm bent over. I'm breathing hard. She's trying to figure out what's happening to me. So after I catch my breath, I explain to her what happened. And she jumps up. She runs to where my father's at. And she tells him what happens. And they, and well, the neighbor grabs his gun and they start walking toward the house. So my mom's screaming, do you want me to call the police? And he's like, no, just let me go check this out. I can, I can handle this. Yada, yada, yada. So about five minutes later or ten minutes later, they come back and they say that there's no one in the house and they can see no, basically they're saying that they can see no evidence of a break-in. And everything seems exactly as it should be in, in the house. We go home that night. And um, we all huddle up in the same room in their room, and we and we you know sleep. And last thing I remember is is, is my dad kind of sitting up in the chair in the room and just kind of keeping watch. Nothing happens after that. I mean, everything just goes back to being normal. Like I'm weirded out, but nothing happens. Just life just kind of goes on. couple years later I joined the Navy and I do a bit of traveling and this that and the third and and um, I get out so now I'm around the age of 22 and I come back home um, well I had moved roughly about an hour and a half away from where my parents lived at but I wanted to come home for the 4th of July to visit them Usually on the 4th of July, if I'm there, we'll all go down to the bay and watch the fireworks because the bay is about three blocks away from where my parents' house is. So we just kind of walk there all together and we watch the fireworks. But that day, when I woke up that morning, I just didn't feel well. It's like I couldn't get my bearings. I was nauseous. I had a bad headache, a terrible headache, and I just, just didn't feel well. So it became time, it was right before dusk, it became time for us to get ready to walk down 
to the bay and my mom asked me if I was gonna go and I told her no I just I just don't feel well I'm not gonna be able to make it I apologize because I know she really wanted me to be there she told me not to worry about it they were gonna go anyways and they would be back shortly so I'm like okay cool that's fine so I was you know thinking you know take some Tylenol maybe watch some TV whatever so then I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to get in the shower because maybe if I take me a hot shower, I'll feel better. Walk into the bathroom, put everything down, and I pull back the curtain, the, the um, shower curtain. And this is when things is get really weird. As I, When I pull back the shower curtain, I see myself in the shower. I, I see my younger self standing in the shower and we're looking at each other face to face and I'm shocked and I just and I know what's happening like I immediately remember it from the other side so I know what's happening but I'm scared anyways because I don't my mind cannot make sense of what's happening. It's like my mind cannot process it properly. So I see myself, my younger self, fall in the tub and hit the head and hit his head. And I hit my head. I don't even know how to word it right. But anyways, I start backing up because I'm at this point, I'm just trying to get away. I, I can't. I'm scared. I don't know what's happening. I'm trying to get away from what's happening. So as I'm backing away, I trip and fall. I roll over and I crawl toward the bathroom door. I open it up and I crawl out the bathroom and shut it behind me. I'm sitting there on my hands and knees, breathing hard, trying to figure out what 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 just happened. What what is what is this? Like, you know, this is this is crazy. This is crazy. I get up, I kinda walk around, I pace for a couple of minutes, and then I'm like, okay, you know, let me I'm gonna go back in the bathroom. I'm gonna so what I do is I um <laughs> like a coward. What I do is I um I open the bathroom door, but I open it slowly. And I kind of I'm standing behind the wall, and I kind of just kind of peek my head around the corner to see what's what's going on in there. Like what I don't know what I'm going to see. I don't know if I'm going to see a ghost or an alien. I don't know what I'm going to see at this point. This is crazy. So I open the door, I peek my head around the corner, and nothing's in the shower. So I walk in the bathroom, and I walk toward the shower, and I'm going to examine. I want to examine the shower, see what's going on. And the shower is dry, as if no one was ever in there. And I distinctly remember seeing my younger self in the shower, and the water's running, of course, right? And I also remember that when I was standing face to face with myself that there was no sound even though the water was running and I see it running and I see the water hitting myself I can hear nothing it's as silent as if nothing's happening I sit there for a couple of seconds and then I walk back out into the living room I sit there and I wait for my parents to come home and I explain to them everything that happened and they're just kind of vexed and they don't they don't understand what's happening they can't really but they remember but I'm explaining to them I'm like you remember when you know way back when when 
when I saw the man in the shower, mom, it wasn't, it wasn't the man, it was me. It was me. It just happened, and I just, I think I just seen it from the other side. I think, I think I ran into myself. So, she, of course, she's kind of laughing, and she's asking me stuff like, what are you smoking, son, and all that stuff. And, and um, But my father, he's like, well, maybe you, maybe you got caught in a time loop. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that means, pops. Well, anyways, um, that's the event. That's what happened to me. And like I said, I can't explain it or I've never heard anything quite like it before. So um, it's kind of crazy, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed Jay's little adventure in the loop. Again, that was from 2016. So thank you, Jay, for all these years. I've shared that story a few times, more than a few times probably. But for anybody new out there, I hope you enjoyed it. And those of you who've heard it before, I hope you were able to enjoy it again. And as I said, it's Fourth uh, of July weekend in the United States. It's our Independence Day. And it's a big party affair in the United States. And I just want to remind everyone to be careful and be safe. And please consider, when you're doing fireworks, the animals and veterans and other sensitive people that are sensitive to the sounds of fireworks. Other than that, I'll talk to you in show number 305 of Anything Ghost. Until then, take care.